Today on the Moolily podcast, as we continue our series on friendship, we are going to be talking about the people that the Lord brings into our lives that love us through thick and thin. And we have two wonderful women here who have had an incredible friendship that's been sustained for many years who are going to give us wisdom about this. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. It's a beautiful spring day. It is a beautiful spring day. Not so happy for you in your state of exhaustion, though. Sleeplessness. Sleeplessness. It's the joy of motherhood, isn't it? (laughs) It was a rough night. It was a rough night. I think, well, I feel like I didn't get any sleep at all. I think I probably did, but I saw every hour on the clock, and I felt like I was awake for eight hours. I hate that feeling. My husband never believes me. I'm like, no, babe, you don't understand. Like, literally, every hour on the clock. I don't think that happened. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. You're like, shut up. <laughs> you were there snoring. I watched you sleeping for yeah. hours. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Moon Lily Podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Christina. Mm-hmm. And I am here with Christiana. <laughs> yes, you are. And we have two wonderful guests we will introduce in just a moment. Yeah. So we just wanted to start by mentioning our wonderful mm-hmm. sponsors, Wooten Media. That's them. Who produce our podcast. They do. And and check us out on social media. Yep. Such as Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we also have a website. We do. Moolily.com. M-O-O-L-I-L-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love for you to go and like dink around on there. Do what? Like click around, is that click. the better? Like dink, is that, an, you can yeah. pretend that's Australian. No, I mean, that's a thing. Does, just, dink like, around. Just wear like dink around. The I've never heard that word. That's Sorry. not a word. Anyway, you know what I mean. You all know what I mean. We know what, what she mean. means. <laughs> we know what you mean. We're going to dink around. Yes. And, but don't just dink around. We would like you to go to the contacts page or email us and just tell us what you think. Yes, Tell please. us if you have thoughts or suggestions or you know yep. i'd love for you to talk about this topic or when you spoke about this topic it was really great i'd love to hear more about that or whatever yeah or just say i really don't like christiana <laughs> <laughs> i deserved that <laughs> i'm just kidding please don't I totally say that. deserved that <laughs> <laughs> that's what i get for picking um, people so but <clears throat> yes seriously we would love to hear from you we would yep so this morning mm-hmm on the podcast, we have Larissa and her best friend in the universe, (laughs) Emily. And we're going to let Larissa introduce her friend. Yes. So everyone, you know Larissa. She's part of the furniture. I'm part of the furniture. Mm. Can I be the comfy chair? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can be the comfy chair. So Larissa is wonderful. She needs no introduction. Mm -hmm. But she is going to introduce her good friend, to us all. Emily is my very bestest friend in the whole world. Um, she is lovely and she is kind and generous to me as a friend. Um, 
We have three kids that were all born at the same time, so we've just been on quite a journey together, and we've known each other since first grade, so there's that. <laughs> Yikes. It was not love at first sight. It was not love at first sight. <laughs> um, okay. So that's Emily. She's the best. She's just, she's creative and generous and the best gift giver. She gives the best gifts. That is something I just really admire about you. And well, a pastry thanks. chef. And she's a pastry chef. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of friend you want to have in your life. Like, yes. I'm not doing well. Can you bring me over something? Can sweet? you bring can me you something? Bake me something. That's I joke my love that she is my friend. That if my family is sick and we need something, she will come and roll her or throw slow her minivan to a roll and toss food at our front porch because we have like this code of if you're sick, that's as close as we get because my clan does not need your plague. We established this a long time ago, and but the food is there, and that is that is it's wonderful. such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Larissa does the same thing, yes, and she me. also protects me from drinking cheap coffee. Yes, no cheap coffee <laughs> allowed. Sorry, I draw the line somewhere. So that's Emily. She's just a treasure of a person. I'm so glad to live life with her. So you mentioned that you it was not love at first sight. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit? about how you met and what your friendship looked like initially? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, Larissa was my shadow at school. So they would always, when a prospective student would come in, they pick a student and the shadow follows them. And apparently I drew Larissa a picture and she thought it was kind of weird. Um. <laughs> Do you guys remember Clarissa Explains It All? That was Emily. Okay. That was my that goal. That was... So do you remember that? No, <laughs> we didn't do that in Australia. It was like this girl <laughs> that was really mismatched. I remember it. And like, I remember like combat it. boots were combat my jam. Cool. She was I so was cool. Little, like I, my parents let me have like striped and like star mm-hmm. wallpaper. It's the bomb. What orange carpet. Cool parents. Cool parents. Yeah. And so I just was a little, I also knew I had yeah. gone to preschool with two little girls. They were identical twins. So that is like so cool, um, you know. Horror movie. Um, in the awesome. class, what horror movie? No, <laughs> no, they're like, really they're they were great. Okay, so okay. <laughs> they're not a horror movie. So I had gone to preschool with them, so I knew them. So I wanted to hang out with them, and Emily wanted me to oh. hang out with her because I was her shadow. And she drew me this picture, which is such like an inviting, a new kid's coming. I'm gonna draw you a picture to make you feel welcome, and I maybe left it in her cubby at the end of the day because I didn't want it. Oh, Which is my b- really gosh. telling of our friendship. I, I honestly don't remember it. But apparently, like, drawing pictures for people was my thing because mm-hmm. we have another friend that we went to elementary school with, and I drew him a picture, too. So I think that was just, just my, like, love language as yes. a kid. But I did not receive it. So even as a first grader, you're a good gift giver. <laughs> she <laughs> that apparently, <laughs> and I was the mean friend even as a first grader. I always joke. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm your mean friend, you know, because <laughs> I just feel like of us, I'm the mean friend. I don't think you're the mean friend. I think you're the she has to the really honest, <laughs> like say what you think friend. Okay. More Other maybe. interesting facts or fact is that I met Larissa and I met my husband the same year. Yes. Did you go to elementary school with your husband? No, we went to church together. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure what that says about me, yeah. <laughs> but that Just was like a, a pretty good year. Loyalty is. Yeah. 
So um, we didn't have much of a relationship mm-hmm. in elementary school at all. Um, maybe in third or fourth grade? Fourth grade? I thought it was fifth. Well, we, well, we became friends. Yeah. Then. So fourth grade, yeah. we were in Girl Scouts together. And I had this best little friend in Girl Scouts. And I remember this vividly. She also invited Emily to a sleepover. And I'm like, why did you invite her? Like, of all people, why? And I remember not having fun because she wanted to do different things than I wanted to do. And she was used to getting her way and I was used to getting it was not probably the most fun sleepover for that other I poor thought girl. it was amazing okay well Emily liked it <laughs> I mean I think I wanted to wear the costume you wore and that was the real problem there is an unfortunate picture of me in that costume yeah <laughs> but <laughs> in fifth grade by a sweet twist of fate our we moved to a house probably a mile and a half away from Emily's house. And so we went to a private school and so there was no buses. So we started carpooling and Emily's mom and dad worked. And so she would come to our house after school. And so that really, it was like kind of a forced start to our friendship. Mm. Thankfully, I'm so thankful for the forced start. And Larissa had the best toys and I would make her play with them with me. She still has the best toys. All our kids want to go to her house. Uh, It's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like stuff. What can I say? So that's such an interesting start. Mm-hmm. Two people who maybe not necessarily would have picked each other. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so telling of the things that we actually need mm-hmm. in our closest friend. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really interesting to me. So how did it continue just before we hit like as adults, what it mm-hmm. looks like as you're growing? Because those years suck. Mm-hmm. And that's really just hard. my personal like. For girls, mm-hmm. those years are hard. Growing mm-hmm. adolescence, everything that we have to go through in middle school and high school and peer pressure and all that stuff. How did your relationship begin to, when when was the point where you're like, oh gosh, this is my closest friend? And how did, how did that look like through those hard years? Mm-hmm. I feel like Larissa was always my like defender. Like she would mm, stand up right. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember that, but you have a really I remember good memory. it specifically in I think it was seventh grade um where I was writing a note to her and our teacher took it oh gosh (laughs) and put it up on the board and it had um who I liked in it thankfully like in code oh yeah um but like we had this spotlight where our teacher would put like all our best work up on and so he put the note up there what a crappy teacher yeah yeah and so he was, he was our writing teacher. He was our writing teacher. <laughs> what he was you brooding. To say, Larissa. <laughs> so then Larissa got up in the middle of class and went and ripped it down and like tore it up and put it in the trash. <gasps> wow. And then wow. also Ballsy. took like people kept teasing her throughout the day and about the boy. And she just took it instead of being like, no, that's who Emily likes. She just wow. mm-hmm. endured that for me. Which was really kind yeah. and sacrificial. And in sixth grade, we shared a desk. We were in different classes. Mm-hmm. And we would write each other notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just through junior high and high school, I would say that I maybe wasn't always the easiest person to get along with. I might still be that way a little bit. Um, <laughs> but Emily, just time and time again, even though it was difficult. She never, and maybe it was cause she had to, cause she rode home with me every day. You know, I mean, maybe it was a forced <laughs> thing, 
I don't want to make an enemy of this person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really might have been that she was like, awesome, so I got to make this work. But her faithfulness and like, I don't know what your deal is, but cool, we're still going to be friends. That faithfulness, I think to me, was huge, you know. And so I do, I think that I am a defender of people. I'm a, you know, want people to be treated well and... um it's totally unacceptable for me when I see people not treating other people well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not surprised that you said that, I guess, but, um, I think that your reciprocal friendship to me over and over and over, despite my crazy was helpful. You know, I think that that, it just kind of bonded us together and we had our blips in the years as Mm -hmm. things went on. Um, but we just kind of always came back to each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we later in high school kind of flip-flopped where I was the mean friend and you really stuck by me and Mm -hmm. fought for our friendship and fought for me, which Mm -hmm. was kind. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you used the word helpful, Mm -hmm. that she was so faithful to you in that time that it was really helpful. Can Mm -hmm. you unpack that a little bit? Mm -hmm. Did that shape your... Yeah. character or change your it really did journey. I actually in in preparing for this podcast um you know when you have 20 years of friendship <laughs> you kind of have to step back a little bit and say what what are we going to touch on and what are we not going to touch on kind of so kind of in preparing I said to Emily I feel like your friendship has given me the ability to choose vulnerability with other people because I have you to feel safe in and you have taught me being vulnerable is worth it Um, and so I feel that, I don't know if this, I I feel like it's answering the question, I guess, but, um, she being a safe place for me has, has made me be confident in putting myself out there with other people. So I'm not afraid of making new friends. I'm not really afraid of people hurting me because I feel like I have a really good example of how friendship is well done. And so, in those circumstances where it's not well done, I feel a little bit more freedom to kind of walk away and say, mm, this isn't being well done, or even try to adjust adjust in friendships and say, hey, I want to fight for this with you because this isn't being well done, but it's important to me. And I feel like my friendship with Emily has given me the safety to do that, even in those early years of high school. And Yeah, we've stuff. definitely pared down like we used to have one epic fight a year. Mm, yes. Real like epic. so epic that we would like have nightmares, like mm-hmm. that it was coming. Wow. Or that mm-hmm. it had happened again. Some epic letter writing to each other. <laughs> <laughs> She's, Larissa's is looking at me like I might know something about that. I, I pages actually and pages do. of really, I, like I you do. can't, you know, when you write on lined paper, you yeah. can't write on the other side because mm-hmm. oh, yes, it would like tear braille it. on the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's that. like braille yeah. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because that's how passionately you've yeah, been writing. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that, like eight-page letters. Front and back. Front, Yeah, I mean, just intense, yeah. like, feeling. I mean, we've worked through a lot because in friendships you have different seasons, and mm-hmm. those seasons don't come without hard adjustment, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and I think that because of that foundation and feeling so safe, mm-hmm. we were able to say Absolutely. really hard things. That quite honestly, I can't speak for Larissa, but changed me fundamentally, like for the better. Yes. So I needed to hear them, um, but I don't think I could have heard them from anyone else. Right. Yeah. What is the proverb about trusted are the wounds of a friend? Mm -hmm. 
you know, I think having a person who you know loves you, mm-hmm. they love you, they see you, they hear you, that when they look at you and go, whoa, now, mm-hmm. when they can speak that word into your life, you can yes. receive it yes. and it will hurt and you'll yes. probably be angry and yes. upset, but you know mm-hmm. that even if you have to back away for a minute, mm-hmm. that person still loves you and you're going to return to that mm-hmm. relationship, right? Mm-hmm. working through that. And there have been lots of times where we have chosen that vulnerability of in love. That's the thing. It's always in love because there is a safe place there where we can turn to each other and say, hey, I really see this thing and I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to be vulnerable and make myself vulnerable because really this is kind of an earth shattering thing. And and you could totally walk away from this friendship if you chose to yeah. over what I'm saying to you. But as your friend, I love you. And I think that this is not what the Lord has for you or this is not good. And and honestly, sometimes we've missed as well. Sure. Sometimes we've said those hard things and haven't been right in saying them. And so the other person's reaction, then we can kind of even pair back and say, okay, wait, was I wrong in saying that? But there's a grace there. Yes. 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 And there's the ability to say, I'm sorry. I messed up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And I think now at this point, just knowing that we're safe enough that I don't know that there's anything that could destroy our friendship. Yeah. I feel that way too. So how as adults mm-hmm. has your relationship changed? You've got married. You have families now. Mm-hmm. What's different about it? We definitely see each other less. A lot less. Because we have a million <laughs> children. Yes. When they all get together. Yes. We had an experience, I think, right after we had our third. Mm-hmm. It was one of Larissa's kids' birthday parties. And we had this, like, earth-shattering moment where we looked around at the chaos and realized that all of the <laughs> children belong to us. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we made all of these people. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> It's like, let's open a bottle of wine. I just, (laughs) you know, I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. it is, it's, um, marriage was hard. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of a hard stop. Moving out of the same city was kind of a hard season. Um, our first kids, um, there was some adjustment. It just, it has changed so many times. I think that, um, one of the biggest changes was um, when we had our first daughters. Um, Emily's daughter, Clara, was born five months before my daughter, Emmaus. And when Clara was three months old, so I'm still pregnant with Emmaus, we found out that Emmaus would have tuber sclerosis. Yeah. And so suddenly our friendship is kind of tested with that in, oh, so one friend yep. gets a healthy, healthy baby, baby girl mm-hmm. and the other friend gets an unhealthy baby girl. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like and how do we navigate that? And there was just lots of conversation around that and lots of, um, I had to really get over some stuff of, I mean, some jealousy issues that are just natural that creep yeah. up. I had to really deal with those. Absolutely. And um, be honest with Emily about them. And then I also had to encourage Emily to share with me Mm -hmm. things that are going on. Because that may be one of the most isolated times in our friendship where we both really wanted to be in it for each other, but it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And that's um, some of those 
vulnerable things is even just getting over yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that that is the great thing about friendship is it makes you work on yourself so much. Yeah. Um, so even later on in our um, relationship, there are things that after we'd had our second children, this is such a great example. Um, Emily and then our other friend, they took their kids to the pool every morning basically. And they did swim lessons. And here I am with a child that cannot walk with special needs and a baby. And I finally just said, I can't go to the pool. Like you guys are leaving me out because this is the activity you're choosing. Yeah. And they had no idea. Yeah. They didn't. Why would they consider that? I mean, without me telling them, why would they ever think that? You know, and so being feeling safe enough to share my feelings was huge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you want to comment on that? I feel like there's more from your perspective of that. Well, and it was huge being invited in. Sorry. To even though our lives looked radically different to still share like the hard things in my life, even though they mm-hmm. were not as hard as what she was facing, um, but still hard. Yes. Um, and also that it was okay to share the good things in our lives. Yes. Too. That was um, a huge thing. And I think through this journey, I've really, Larissa um, has just really modeled like how joy and pain kind of go together and are very intertwined Mm -hmm. um and it was just a really interesting process learning to be there for my friend but also deal with my own grief yes um and kind of work through processing that together some but also realizing that there was a shift in our friendship where like she couldn't she couldn't carry everything for Mm -hmm. me and I couldn't carry everything Mm -hmm. for her either yes anymore yeah I think that was a big shift that came of we just we can't as we mature as we have Mm -hmm. husbands and um children we cannot be the primary burden Mm -hmm. carrier for each other anymore yeah I think that's maturing Mm mm-hmm like that's actually entering into a place in friendship mm-hmm. where, and as individuals, you're learning what's my responsibility for mm-hmm. my emotions mm-hmm. and yes. what's your responsibility and where's the place where we can help lift one another up, but what's not my job to do yes. like that. So I think a lot of people don't persist to, to even be able to hit that point or we're so unhealthy that we want to take on other people's burdens in a way that's not appropriate. Yes. You know? Yes. So I yeah. think, I really think that something that we have been very faithful to in our friendship is being vulnerable with each other and getting past ourselves in that vulnerability. Um, for me to say, no, no, I expect to, to, to hear the good and bad. I get that you're thinking, oh, well, compared to Larissa, but stopping the comparison games in our life has, yeah. I mean, sure, we can have perspective on each other's lives, but pain is pain. Hard is hard. You know, there isn't, it's not a leveled thing. And some people have more hard than other people, but still, if you feel like it's hard, it's a valid hard. And so I want to hear about that as your friend. um, I think that there was this time where Emily kind of put me into a, 
okay, I just have to be there for her. I cannot put anything on her because she has so much. But that shuts down our friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not a two-way friendship. Then it's a one-way friendship. And it didn't feel good for me. You know, I wanted to be her friend. I wanted to know what was going on in her life. Yeah. You know. And I also appreciated Larissa pointed out to me things like the pool or even um, – things that I would say that I didn't realize were hurtful Mm -hmm. and it was really helpful for her um, to come in vulnerability and say that was hurtful and here's why Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of explain so I could be aware Mm -hmm. of the the differences but still move forward Mm -hmm. um, with our friendship so knowing Cause I feel like I maybe swung the pendulum too far the other way of, sure. Oh, if you want me to tell you everything, I'll tell you everything. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so learning that balance mm-hmm. of there's still things that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, and for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. too, the birth of our third children was probably the biggest shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess each of these have been biggest shifts, the biggest recent shift. There you go. <laughs> um, where it forced us, it was our first births without each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- there was like a sweetness there of like now our husbands are, um, it's just us and our husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of set us up, I think, for that first year yep. um, post baby. Because when you have three, there's just less that you can do. Right. Like when we had our girls, we would go to restaurants that weren't kid restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> remember those restaurants <laughs> i've forgotten them though i you know the memory is so distant oh, so far away it was glorious we ate french pastries and yeah. drank tea i mean we would just go do everything. everything and then you know when you have two kids that just changes you can't mm-hmm. go do everything yeah. but you can go to each other's house yeah you know mm-hmm. and then our thirds were due within three days of each other mm-hmm. and so there was no yeah we were kind of used to she'd kind of recovered by the time I was having my baby so but I wasn't crazy pregnant yeah so I could serve her yeah while she's having her baby and then after and then she could serve me but w- when it just lined up at the yep. same time there was none There's of that no yeah. we just both were kind of in hard seasons and so um there was a lot of conversation after that it you know, we kind of jokingly, so we used to live five minutes, seven minutes away from each other. And then myself and my husband, our family moved um, to another part of town that's like 30 minutes away. And Emily was telling me, I just, I'm so sad that you're moving so far away. And I said, Emily, I haven't seen you in a year. You know, (laughs) we will still see each other the same amount. This doesn't really change anything, please. You know, and that was, I think, kind of a Neither of us had really realized it until she said that, mm-hmm. yeah. but it just kind of changed everything of, okay, but we still talk. We're still secure in our friendship. We're still, you know, process yeah. life together and really and all I think of that kind of stuff. Talking. I mean, we talk almost every day yes. and I think we started that when I got married mm-hmm. and moved and that I think is what has really kept our, like fed our mm-hmm. friendship and kept it strong is that even if we're not physically together mm-hmm. we are sharing our days mm-hmm. um and it it's sometimes you know it's sometimes minimal. it's minimal minimal mm-hmm. it's usually at this point interrupted a lot 
It's the so phone we do call. a lot of <laughs> parenting. Like it's and, oh, yeah. I'm like yeah. sharing the depths <laughs> of my soul with Emily, and she's like. Now, don't do that. Nope, nope. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah. Come look at this deck of cards over here. And I'm like, are you listening to me? She's like, I'm listening. Okay, that's good. You know, I mean, that's real life. That's totally, and it's vice versa the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same. And then my little boy is obsessed with Star Wars, and Larissa's daughter is absolutely terrified, terrified. like shaking, oh, yes. terrified oh, of terrified. Star Wars, which complicates so funny. play dates, play dates. <laughs> at each other's houses. Yes, yeah. it's like it's hilarious. It's so good. It's so good. So I'm interested too in the angle of how different you guys are. Mm. And as adults, so clearly you're such different people mm-hmm. and like didn't pick each other. You know, well, mm-hmm. maybe Emily yeah. picked you. you know? <laughs> I, picked I think you. Emily was well, faithful. I don't know that faithful pick is the you. right word. Um, I don't like change. <laughs> yes. Right? She, she doesn't. We got this going on. This is what I know. We're just going to stick with this for life. <laughs> no, nothing else. Uh, but I see a, a lot of friends, a lot of pals who are really, mm-hmm. really similar. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there's something so different and so wonderful that happens when you have a friend who's so very different than you. Mm-hmm. So how do you as adults enjoy each other and navigate the things where you're like, oh, I don't like doing it that way. This is mm-hmm. at this point, probably you, you know each other so well and you're so settled into the rhythm of your relationship, even as it changes, that it's probably not the way it was 10 years ago, you know, but mm-hmm. what's it today being such different people? What's it like? <laughs> it's just silence. <laughs> um, I think it's helpful. Larissa adds a, a really good perspective mm-hmm. on life. Um, and is able to kind of draw me out um, and encourage me to be vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and encourage me to um, be braver and um, I think we've also just realized there's some activities that we just won't do together. Right. If I want to craft <laughs> with someone, I'm not going to call Emily. Like, <laughs> because what I'm planning as a relaxing, like, Oh, I really want to just spend some time crafting with a girlfriend. That is not fun for her. She doesn't like the project. She will come and enjoy company, but that's just not, I'll come drink wine and watch you craft. Yes. But that's just not, you know, so there's some activity planning and really, okay, do I want to do what I want to do? Or do I want to be with my friend more? There's kind of some of that, of you know, and as a, a parent and a busy mom sometimes you only get to do one Mm -hmm. and so it's am I going to pour in relationally or am I going to choose some kind of alone time you know Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of something that as our as adults those differences have played out a little bit um and what does Emily bring to your life gosh what doesn't she bring to my life (laughs) um Emily just brings such great perspective to my life Um, she is, she had already said she doesn't like change and Mm -hmm. I am like, get an idea and everything has changed immediately. Like, I mean, our move to Grandview was such a quick thing and Mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, I have this idea. Okay, great. Let's do it. My husband thinks it's good. Okay, go. You know? Mm -hmm. And so Emily really encourages me to slow down when I process things with her. Mm -hmm. She asks hard questions 
Um, she does. She never tells me what to do or makes my decisions for me. She does not micromanage me. She knows those little things that mm-hmm. I just will turn off to. Mm-hmm. And so she's careful to those. And it's funny when she is going to give me advice, she says, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. That is exactly <laughs> how she starts. You know every what's coming. <laughs> I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but have you thought about this? And those reminders that she gives me are so important. Um, the other thing is, even though we started our parenting journey at the same time, Emily is a step ahead of me mm-hmm. because Clara is a typical six-year-old and Emmaus is not. Yeah. And so as a parenting peer, she's so helpful to me because when I am having a problem with my three-year-old, I can go to Emily and say, is this normal? Because I've never yeah. had a typical three-year-old. And so the perspective she gives me on that and even just commiserating with me in some of those things I mean that I feel that motherhood and just even adulthood can be so isolating Mm -hmm. um, especially if you are locked in a house with your (laughs) tiny humans and they're just little tyrants sometimes and you wonder am I doing this all wrong is this is am I am I doing this wrong they're acting like this how is this possible and to have a friend that will come alongside you and encourage you and give you tips about what's worked for them and really when nothing works at the end of the day just say I'm here with you like it's fine you know I'm here with you You, it just is so nice to not feel isolated yeah it's funny to me to hear you say that you like the way that I ask questions Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've learned that from you oh um and so I feel like (laughs) I often am trying to imagine what you would say in the situation because you're really good with words mm-hmm. and um, encouraging people to really process why they feel what they feel and what they want to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always appreciated you commiserating with me and listening and also offering like another side of mm-hmm. of perspective and parenting when um, my oldest is an epic fit thrower. Mm. <laughs> and... Um, I thought because she was around Emmaus a lot, she's also very sweet and very caring. She's not just a fit (laughs) thrower. She's she's very, very sweet. I thought because she was around Emmaus a lot, she would be an amazing peer model. Mm -hmm. And so I signed her up to be a peer model at a school um, with children with special needs. And I was just really surprised when it did not go well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Larissa was really able to gently speak into that. And, um, kind of help me process that and understand and one that like not everyone is staring at my kid like they're more worried Mm -hmm. about their own kid Mm -hmm. and so it's okay um and two that I was putting like an adult expectation on a child Mm -hmm. um instead of understanding that she too is learning and processing and that was really helpful um she helps me kind of remember that she is just a little girl sometimes Mm -hmm. um and walk through like how to parent her as a little girl and not talk to her as a as an adult Mm -hmm. yeah um I think another area that um our differences help us out so much in is our marriages Mm -hmm. um interesting yep so we essentially married each other okay (laughs) so my husband Dan is in a lot of ways a version of Emily and her husband Wyatt is in a lot of ways a version of me. Yeah. It's 
that makes bizarre. sense though i think yeah. we're, we're drawn to that person where there's mm-hmm. it's not just compatibility it's 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 a synergistic um we need what the other person has mm-hmm. Absolutely. you know so it makes sense so when i am frustrated because i can't find something and it has been moved and my husband has put it away somewhere and i am saying to emily i i this is a constant struggle how do we deal with this you know, I mean, my husband knows that I'm upset about it as well. It's not like I'm just telling Emily and not dealing with it with my husband. But she says, I think Wyatt probably feels that way because she does that to mm. Wyatt. So where I am not able to have grace for my husband in that minute, I would want Wyatt to have grace for Emily in that. And yeah. so it gives me a perspective of, okay, I need to have grace for my husband in this. Like, I need to do better, and he needs to not touch my stuff. (laughs) You know, I mean, it needs to go both ways of I need to do better and know that it bothers him that my dresser is this messy, or it bothers him that whatever. So it needs to go both ways, you know? And Emily gives me great perspective for that Um, in, in little struggles and in big things. Um. There's been some really big things in our marriage that Emily says, okay, well, um, what was the, okay. We were talking about difference in personalities. So I naturally am a really confident person. Like I sometimes probably am overconfident in things. And Emily shared an insight. Do you want to share this? Um, sure. I think, I think what I said was that, um, because I'm not naturally confident, Mm -hmm. um, I hear criticism as a confirmation, Mm -hmm. um, and even not criticism, just even just construct, constructive suggestions Mm -hmm. to me, um, sound like a confirmation of my failure. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So she, I, I think the words that like totally pierce me and she says, Larissa, at baseline, you feel like a success. Right. And at baseline, I feel like a failure. And I was flabbergasted. I didn't know that that was a thing. I mean, why on, I mean, in, in my mind, I'm seriously thinking, why on earth would you at baseline feel like a failure? And it's just different personalities. You're wired so utterly differently it just would never occur to you that someone would feel that way so when she says that and then I look at that in perspective of my husband and I think oh my gosh so every time that I am if he is wired similarly which I've had this conversation with him and he very much feels that way he's confirmed it yeah I it was so game-changing for me in my interactions with my husband Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, Larissa and Wyatt are very good at um, compartmentalizing, which I think is a huge skill, um, mm-hmm. particularly in their lines of work where they're dealing with hurting people. Yeah. Um, that's a huge gift. And I can't compartmentalize anything. Mm-hmm. And so I can't wrap my mind around how one aspect of your life doesn't completely overtake another mm-hmm. aspect of your life. Right. Um, and we were having, um, some issues and I couldn't get past how I felt about the situation. And Larissa was just really loving, but also very, um, clearly, and I needed to hear it clearly 
told me like this isn't about you mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and for the sake of yourself and for the sake of him you need to kind of get over yourself and look at him mm-hmm. and what he needs um and that was really eye-opening and really helpful mm-hmm. um to see that it wasn't I wasn't causing it I wasn't mm-hmm. and and me feeling it for him wasn't going to help him mm-hmm. right I think that um, our culture and church society talks a lot about your marriage um, being like super sacred that nothing should ever come out of that. Like you Mm -hmm. should never discuss things outside your marriage and you, you know, it has to be under this like really sacred umbrella. And I agree with that in some aspects. Um, There are absolutely things that, you know, don't, don't leave our marriage, don't leave you know, our household in a, like a kind of a sacred way or a healthy way. I would never want other people to think poorly of my husband mm-hmm. or for people to think poorly of me because of something I'm struggling with or whatever. Um, that being said, I, Emily and I both um, are big believers in, in appropriate context, having someone to share that with, mm-hmm. to give you perspective, to, you know, you want to talk about like the marriage conference, like piece of that. Yeah. Um, Wyatt and I have helped with a premarital conference a couple times and, and even in our own premarital counseling, our pastor really stressed, you know, you shouldn't talk poorly of your spouse ever. And I think it's important to say that Larissa and I don't do not speak poorly of our mm-hmm, spouse, mm-hmm. but we do, we're both speak verbal honestly. processors <laughs> and we speak honestly, mm-hmm. um, yeah. about, um, our spouses to each other after talking to our spouses. Um, but I feel like I, I got married when I was 20 mm-hmm. and I needed That's pretty young. It mm-hmm. was very young. <laughs> yeah. And I needed someone, um, to process that life with. And we also moved far away. So we were in a whole new community yeah. alone. And I realized that I couldn't talk to my parents Mm-mm. because, I didn't want their perspective, like they're going to come to my defense. Yes. Yeah. And so I needed a really neutral, but safe and trusted person. Mm -hmm. And so when we say that we process with our marriage, our marriage with each other, it's, it's between the two of us. Mm -hmm. I don't have a team of people. Right. It's not something that I share frequently or openly. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the premarital course, the literature again stresses and I think it's so important because without those caveats people do just kind of oh I can tell anybody sure or I can tell my mom and dad and of course your mom and dad like are great you should share life with them but certain aspects just because they're your parent just like I want to protect my kids from all Mm -hmm. things yeah um there's just a level of protection and I think kind of side taking that comes with that And so it's helpful to have a peer who, especially one that thinks like your spouse, (laughs) that (laughs) can process, they're not trying to hurt you or they're not trying to be mean or they're not being inconsiderate by constantly leaving their socks out. Mm -hmm. They just literally don't realize that they're leaving their Mm -hmm. socks out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's helpful of like, Mm -hmm. oh, Mm -hmm. because I thought leaving his socks out said that he completely didn't value my time. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. It's so interesting because you're describing 
your friend as being an advocate for your husband. Yes. yes. Like yes. reflecting to you what's going on mm-hmm. um, and giving an objective yes. view. I think it's so important as a married person, particularly as a, as a woman who feels big emotions, to not depend entirely on this one man. <laughs> To, to process and to filter and to deal with all of your emotions, to have a sounding board, to have a safe mm-hmm. place that you can come to him loving, you know, even if it's a challenging conversation you need to have or whatever, but you're not like a loaded gun. Right. <laughs> yes. And even, and I can't speak for Dan, but when Wyatt comes home, he's done talking. He talks mm-hmm. all day for a living. Yeah. And I want to talk to someone. And so it's helpful to also not expect that aspect solely from your yeah. husband. Yeah. Of like my need solely from my husband, but mm-hmm. to have a friend who I can talk to and kind of get that out of my system. So when we were, when I was a newlywed, um, Larissa and I would talk on the phone on our drive home from work mm-hmm. so that by the time I got home, I'd gotten most of my like, your words here's words everything out. that happened in my day yes my <laughs> husband learned a long time ago how wonderful it was for me to go hang out with my like one or two girlfriend mm-hmm. he's like oh it's no can you please just go hang out with your girlfriends mm-hmm. you know and as a guy who has a lot less words than I do mm-hmm. and who necessarily doesn't have the I don't know n- not I don't want to say sympathy but the emotional language mm-hmm. and it's changed in our marriage it's absolutely changed I and mean, this is we've been married for almost 13 years now so it's changed but to go have an emotional connection at a deep level where some days he's like yeah i'm not really feeling it mm-hmm. you know and it, that's an honest like go, go hang out with your girlfriend because mm-hmm. he sees the fruit of me going mm-hmm. and what happens that safe place for my heart and all those things come out and all, my whole day you know everything that I need to say because I have 50,000 right. more words than he does and yeah how healthy it's been yeah in it's our marriage so yeah I can even think of I know at least one time and maybe there's been more where Wyatt has called Larissa mm-hmm. and said would you please like go do something with him <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 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 I think that that's a I, I think it's so valuable to have a friend that is for your marriage. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing. Um, I want your marriage to succeed mm-hmm. just like I want my marriage to yeah. succeed. And so, and I know you well enough and I feel um, safe in approaching you and um, and really calling out things in mm-hmm. your life. Um, and vice versa with mm-hmm. you, with me. Um and so I just think it's such a, it's such mm-hmm. a gift. I mean, yeah. Really I think is. it's important. That's such an important point to make that when we discuss, we don't, we don't take sides of the Mm-mm. spouse. We yeah. take sides of the marriage. Yep. The marriage, the marriage, you always have to choose the marriage. Mm-hmm. It's profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of something really difficult, um, a difficult season or an event and the role your friendship played in walking through that really difficult. And I think you've already hit on a couple, mm-hmm. but something that was really hard where your friendship helped to sustain you in that time. So um, when I was in high school, um, I had a, I struggled with a really bad eating disorder. And Larissa um, did such a good job of, both respecting my privacy and mm-hmm. and even again defending me um so i am a very private person and had to go to a lot of doctor's appointments 
and didn't want to tell my friends mm-hmm. um, other than Larissa. And so she just faithfully went along with just she's at a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. um, when people would come to her. And I mean, I remember people asking me, mm-hmm. where's Emily? She is gone again. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I think she had a doctor's appointment. And I felt so loved and so <laughs> safe yeah. that she... Yeah. She could have easily been like, here's what's happening with Emily. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. won't you pray for her? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> at our Christian school. At our Christian school. Emily needs prayer. Emily has an unspoken. Tell you what's happening. <laughs> um, but she really protected that. And even mm-hmm. um, before I started receiving treatment, came to me and said, look, I love you and I care about you enough that either you're going to go to your parents or I'm going to go to mm-hmm. your parents. But they, they knew. Um, but yeah. I think what she was looking for was a, a plan. Mm-hmm. And um, that I, was something that... I remember that so well. Like, you were sitting on my bed. I was maybe trying on clothes or something kind of in my closet. And I just turned around to you and I was like, so here's the deal. Either I'm going to tell your parents or you're going to tell your parents. So you get to choose, but they're getting told. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, okay, come on. You know, I mean, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, have you eaten today? Not a zucchini bar that has <laughs> Splenda in it. A Splenda zucchini muffin that she would. <laughs> Guys, Splenda's the worst. It's the worst. It is the worst. <laughs> it's terrible for you, and it tastes so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's the thing too of not taking the choices away, even in those hard yeah. like encounters. But like, hey, this has gone far enough. Mm-hmm. And also just being there. Mm-hmm. I think of a lot of times in our friendship where one of us has been in pain. Mm-hmm. And the other one just sits there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even on the phone, I can think of times where we have just sat in silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're not alone. Yeah. Um, another kind of thing that comes to mind of like a time, this is actually just totally stands out to me, but uh, my daughter was in the hospital last year and had been for a while and we were exhausted. I don't know if this is, it wasn't the day she went in. It was kind of far into the process, I think, but. Um, I had run home to take a shower. I think Dan was at the hospital. No one was home but me. And then, um, actually Christina's husband was remodeling our bathroom upstairs. So some of his workers were there, but it was just me. And all this, I'm in the bathroom taking a shower and all of a sudden I hear this little kid voice and I come out and Emily is in my closet trying to pack things for me because she knew I needed more clothes. And so she, without being asked, just showed up to do something. Yeah. And I, and you know, she saw me and she's like, oh, I guess you don't need me. And then she just said, I didn't know what else to do. Like I knew this was practical that I could come get clothes for you to bring to you. And, you know, even in those hard times of just showing up, just being there, you know, that has been pretty profound to me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what did Sungshim say? Like trauma is actually when there's a lack of a compassionate presence. Yes. Right. So someone being there with you in your mm-hmm. pain, who's glad to be with you, mm-hmm. even in your pain mm-hmm. and just sitting there with you is one of the most incredible gifts. Mm-hmm. I think that we can give yeah. one another. And one of the reasons probably that your friendship has been sustained mm-hmm. for so long amongst yeah. many reasons, right. but just being able to be there with one the another. Compassionate presence. Just yeah. that compassionate presence. Yeah. Yeah. And I am um, 
self-admittedly terrible at asking for and receiving help. I mean, the other day I was having a hard day and Christina offered to bring me dinner and I said, no, I mean, you never say no to dinner. I I know that is just a rule of thumb. You never say no to dinner. If someone is offering to feed you, you just say yes, you know, and it's just because I don't want to be a burden and it's not, you know, it's, it's silly. It's just silly. Now I'm processing that in my head. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, that is another place where Emily, because we have been on this journey for so long, she knows, like she knows that. And so it, when she says, um, again, when Amaze was in the hospital last year and I said, hey, it's not going well. Can you pray? Things are getting really dicey. And she said, can I come? And I just responded, no. And then 20 minutes later, she's there because it was already there well she was already there you know but like that's the thing but she could have when I said no she could have just gone yeah but instead she came up and she's like I just I'm sorry I'm here and I'm like thank you for being here at a risk of being cheesy the Lord was like you have to go right and I was kind of nervous because I'd said no because you'd said no yeah no but that's the thing I in those times probably never gonna ask for help and she knows Mm -hmm. that and so she's like okay I'm coming you know so that's pretty big. I think Larissa has been really good too. I'm a nervous talker <laughs> <laughs> and she's been good to teach me and kind to teach me of in those situations, just silence yep. is best. Yep. All um. right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard mm-hmm. skill to learn though. So it is hard. a hard cause you want to say something, you want to yeah. say all the right things and you, yeah. you mm-hmm. want to pray all the right things. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta, be you just there. need a friend that's just saying like, shh, Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. just sit there yeah so I know yeah. you're there I feel like there is such wisdom and maturity mm-hmm. in these moments in your relationship that are actually the things that keep it functioning mm-hmm. like through being there for one another and mm-hmm. the hard things that you've been through that you went through that you right. pull away from and run away and leave right but you have gained such wisdom and how to navigate friendship and how to receive the benefit yes. of a mm-hmm. close girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know how to do it. You've sometimes, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like, we don't always know how to access what's available. Yes. And that other person. Yes. yes. And I feel like you guys have figured it out. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like a lot of it was just practice. Like it's just building that history and, taking the risk to say I don't want to hurt your feelings but I love you enough to say you Mm -hmm. need to tell your parents you know or whatever it is and having done that enough Mm -hmm. to know Mm -hmm. that it's safe and that what you have is stronger than those conversations yes yes and it's important to note that those were by and large not easy yes conversations or resolved quickly yes or even met with like excitement excitement or a positive response yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but they were worked they through worked and they through were fought for and made us better people yes. yeah. and really refined yes. us. So when I think of our friendship, I think of how those really hard things that we've gone mm-hmm. through have actually refined us as people and sanctified us like in our relationship with the Lord. Yes. But they were never easy. Right. I think even in just talking about them briefly, maybe we've given the false impression that we just totally, they were easy and we just walk through them and. Man, if I could say anything of our friendship, I would say that it has been really hard. Mm -hmm. But um, it's kind of a thing where we have to be um, 
willing to die to self a little bit to then encounter your friend in a real way and then let the Lord sanctify you as a person Mm -hmm. and in your friendship. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that in talking about these, we really may have, I mean, we did gloss over a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but friendship is really hard, but it's worth fighting for. And the, I can stand here and say that the vulnerability and the, um, relationship and just really friendship that comes from practicing those things over time um, with someone where it's well received is just it's so valuable mm-hmm. and I think that it shows it reveals like a longevity in the the possibility I guess mm-hmm. of longevity in your friendship if you're able to have those hard conversations mm-hmm. and if you are willing to risk the friendship in yes. order for the good of the other person absolutely so I think there have been times where both of us have cared more about the other person, the other person than our friendship, than our friendship. And we mm-hmm. have actually hit points where it's like, are we going to continue? Right. Um, are we done here? Are we, we going to continue? And um, because we said those really hard things um, and we're able to process them. And I mean, I know I can think of one time at least where it was like a week mm-hmm. of just weeping and seeking the Lord mm-hmm. and am am I wrong like is mm-hmm. she wrong like what do I need to to hear here mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. so it was not like an easy quick process mm-hmm. but I think that if your friendship survives that like oh my goodness what a blessing um for you personally um in your relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. your relationship with this person right I'm like queen of misquoting scripture on our podcast, but what's the, what's the Bible verse that's like that you would lay down your life for your friend or, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, not only we're willing to lay down like our prideful things or our self-consciousness or our insecurities to fight for our friend, but even our friendship, you know, I mean, in those hard things when there have been really hard things, um, that we're willing to say, I think that it's more important for me to tell you this and for me to um, challenge this in your life than for me to just have pride or my insecurity of saying this or even our friendship. So I don't know. And on a positive note, Larissa's even done it in like a kind way. So we did a photo shoot like Um, a year ago almost a year ago and I was really really excited about it and looking forward to it and I didn't realize until we were in the interview process and I heard her say like this is not something I would naturally choose to do Mm -hmm. or am excited to do but I know what a big deal it is for Emily that she is willing to be this vulnerable in a public arena and I want to champion that and Mm -hmm. I felt like I would say that gets into like my lists of like feeling most loved mm-hmm. of like she saw um, that that was a risk I was taking mm-hmm. and also like how deep that was to me and how mm-hmm. much that meant. And I just I felt so loved mm-hmm. that she was willing to come out of her comfort zone and do something that she did not want to do mm-hmm. um, to love me mm-hmm. it just meant so much. Yeah. Way to go do what I can (laughs) the mean friend does what she can (laughs) you are not the mean friend I think the ferret she convinced me that she had a ferret 
for like a week when we carpooled. Had to talk That's the this. only thing that I can think of that was really actually mean. That's a mean. ferret? It was like in a shoebox. It was shoe in box. a shoebox. And whenever I would try to look at it, she would shake the box. And so I couldn't tell it if it so was mean. real or if it was fake. Like in elementary school. It was not nice. I'm really gullible. <laughs> and I'm really mean. So it worked out just fine. You're not mean. Uh, You're just convincing. Convincing. Yeah. So that's yeah. a win. So I guess my takeaway from this conversation is just the value of like perseverance, of loving enough to take the risk, um, to receive the risk, <laughs> um, and just sticking with it. And and through those times, that that is where the gold is really found. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for teaching us about friendship. Yeah, thanks for having thanks us Thanks for on. having us. Yeah, that's how it feels to me. Like, my takeaway is that, like, die to self. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is, mm-hmm. and you didn't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's like, in brokenness and in weakness, like, I'm going to die to myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to lay down my right to be angry, to be right, to mm-hmm. be whatever. And it's really hard. It's real hard. It's real mm-hmm. hard. But that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put this other person before me. That's friendship. Like, on a really deep, on a deep level. So thanks for teaching us. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Awesome. You're welcome. All right, everybody. We will see you. No, we won't. We will hear. We will. You will hear us again. Bye. Bye. <laughs>